wandered upstairs to find a very sweet young woman in her office. And I'm going to tell you just a little bit about how we know her. We all know her, but we all not, have not had the privilege of talking with her. So today we have, um, as a result, a little bit on the part of yesterday's updates with April. She was talking about uh, her responsibility of community life at Holly Creek. She is overseeing life enrichment at Holly Creek, wellness, fitness, and volunteer services. She gave a very lovely tribute to life enrichment Miranda and tell <laughs> say your last name for us. Pospicio. That's a little different in my ear, so I wanted Miranda to get it right. Miranda's with us today as her responsibility is life enrichment at Holly Creek. You know, we've all been in touch with you in some fashion or other, but maybe not personally, mm-hmm. maybe on the phone. But Miranda, you've got to tell us about the many areas that you cover for us. You're just doing a great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mostly, so I'm April's assistant, if y'all don't know, and I just do whatever she tells me to do, either with excursions, driving the bus around, ordering tickets to different performances, um, making reservations to the restaurants that we decide to go on each month, and just doing a couple activities here and there for either independent side or the assisted or like with timbers or meadows. And that word just. <laughs> you really do these jobs. I think one time you told us you had uh, come back your, to your phone filled with 30 messages and a hair raising kind of thing, but you handled it, got it all cleared up. That part of your work we don't see. Be, be, we see you here and there in the hallways, but your office is, tell us where your office is. It is on second floor north, so just kind of, I would say like above the maintenance director's office, mm-hmm. just take the elevator second floor and you should find me right when you exit off the elevator. And yeah, so every, like with every excursion, especially with the restaurants, I get up to 30 calls whenever we pass out like the brochures and through there I just put people's names on like the sign up list or the wait list to whatever excursions that they sign up to. That must take some time. (laughs) It it does. (laughs) You said the restaurants are the ones that are the most popular that people quickly call you to sign up for the restaurants? Yep, that one fills up pretty quickly. And what's the limit, the number of people that... uh, Uh, 14 is... Like the limit, and then if people are on the wait list, then we put whatever amount of people that sign up for the rest, especially the restaurants, because that fills up pretty quickly. And I suppose the symphonies and concerts do too. Maybe uh, not as much, but uh-huh. it, like it depends on what the concert or symphony is, or who is going to be performing. But I would say those probably get a good amount of people. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite occasion to visit, or? To <laughs> Um, I like to go to, like, whatever restaurant I go to, because I'm a big foodie, so I like to try, you know, like, different foods, or the restaurants I've never heard of, because I don't really live within this area, so I don't travel down here too much, but I also enjoy, like, musicals that we go to, or different museums. 
Well, how did your education prepare you for this kind of work? So when I went to school up in UNC in Greeley, Colorado, I majored in human services, and then my minor was geriatrics. So just couple, so taking a couple classes here and there, I understood that I really wanted to work with seniors, but also growing up, I knew three of my great-grandmas, two on my dad's side and one on my mom's side. So that is a wonderful experience for you mm-hmm. on a very gentle basis. Yep. <laughs> and then <laughs> you come to a so. place like this, maybe not always gentle, <laughs> but it is good. And Sandy, we were going to ask a little bit about, we never did find out where you were born and where you lived when you were oh, yeah. a lot younger. So I was actually bo- born in Boulder, Colorado on Father's Day. So my birthday every three th- three years lands on Father's Day. So my dad got a big present. (laughs) And then after I was born, we moved to my dad's farm town called Kit Carson, Colorado. It's kind of near the Kansas border, about close to three hours away from there. And I grew up on the farm for about almost four years of my life. And then from there, we decided to sell our farm and move to Denver to be with my mom's parents for a while until we could purchase, or my parents could purchase a house. And when I was six, we moved to Calistar, Colorado, and that's where I've been ever since. So how did living on a farm help you uh, with this job? I know there was one area. (laughs) Um, So I feel like I drive the bus really well, and with that, it was probably the experience I've was given from my grandma, my dad, and my grandpa. And I remember driving, learning how to drive a tractor, a columbine, <laughs> many trucks, and even a four wheeler and a dirt bike. Oh, growing up, very so. well qualified. <laughs> yep. So that prepared me for the big fourteen passenger bus that we drive at every excursion. I think that would be. A little harrowing, <laughs> especially in Denver traffic. If you have to, yep. Do these places have places for you to park that bus when you go there? Uh, sometimes they do. Like if we go to a restaurant, if the place has a huge parking lot next to it, I'm able to park in a couple spot um, parking spots, mm-hmm. either near or a couple feet away. But I think a lot of them have an area I could park in. Uh Or if not, I just have to find somewhere, and it's pretty easy. So you spent most of your time in Colorado. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, Colorado native. How how did you meet your husband? I met him when I was on spring break back in 2019, and he came from the Czech Republic to Colorado, or I guess to Virginia, and then from Virginia he moved to Colorado, and was working as an au pair, so he nannied children for his host families that he was living with. And this one day, he was walking in his neighborhood that he was living in and saw a sign for my home church called Plum Creek. And he went to an Easter service and wanted to get connected to like a young adults Bible study or, or young adults group. And my best friend introduced him to our intern, Cody, who is living with us at the moment 
um, he was working at a church. Was this at Castle Pines? Castle Rock. Yep. Castle Rock. This was in Castle Rock. And he, so Cody got hooked up with Martin and kind of introduced him to our young adults Bible study that was hosted at my house. And it happened every Wednesdays. And so he actually met my parents before he met me, which was like really funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to do it. Yep. And then one Wednesday, I came home from spring break and basically met him in my living room. So that's how we met. Well, meeting the parents was not a big deal at that time for you. <laughs> but when you met his parents, how did you meet them? Um, so when we got married, we got married during COVID. And unfortunately, his brother, sister, and mom couldn't make it over because of COVID and you know, the, the borders were closed and everything. Um, and so we mostly met them through FaceTime or phone calls or texting. Um, and then two summers ago, they finally came over to the U.S. for the very first time. And we just took them all over Colorado and got to meet them face to face. And it was just a lot of fun. And then last, or yeah, last this August, we went to check and met them again and all of his side of the family. That's a long um, space in between places, mm-hmm. but you've made the most of it. We'll, we'll talk about that too, how you've really recently returned from your trip. Yep. That was wonderful. How, lo- how long were you over there? We were there for about 10 days. So. We were there from the 19th all the way until the 29th of August. So your husband's name is Martin. Uh-huh. And um, he's now employed in a very different realm from when he first started here. Talk about that. Yep. So when he first came here, uh, like I said before, he was working with a lot of children. He, he loves children. And then he, all his life he wanted to become a firefighter ever since he could remember so he worked very hard and went to school for like EMT and decided to volunteer as a firefighter for the town of Franktown. It's about like 30 minutes east of Castle Rock I believe and within less than a year with all his experience that he gained and his training he became a full-fledged firefighter. And he's just in Colorado, or mm-hmm. does he go to other states like California? Or? Uh, nope, he just strictly is in Colorado. When those disasters come, sometimes they draw people away. It's just hard to know how you can't plan those things, so it's right. hard to know. But he also has a second job, though, does he? Yep, his second job, he's a handyman, so he helps, you know, like friends or family or different clients fix up their house or doing any updates you know if they want new tile in the bathroom he's able to do that if they need help hanging up a tv he can do that as well he's invaluable yep he's wonderful (laughs) he's a very handy man for sure that's great yep well where are you living now do you live we holly creek uh uh-huh so we still live in calcer and we actually were able to buy our first condo in back in may so at this time, we are fixing it all up because it definitely needed new renovations. Um, and yeah, we are just very 
happy that we have our own place and we're hoping to make the best out, out of it. And it's near your family too, mm -hmm. is it? It's about nice. 10 minutes away from where my parents live. So do you still uh, go to these groups at your church? Um, not anymore. We wanted to change churches just to shake up or yeah, to shake it up a little bit. So we actually are involved in a different group at a different church, but we are still kind of connected with a couple friends that still go to my home church. Well, you being you not totally Greek background, talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit because uh, you mentioned that you were learning about the Greek um, way of life. <laughs> But it what didn't work out. Tell, tell us why. Yep. So I'm half Greek. My mom is full-blooded, and my dad is all over the place, basically, <laughs> to say that, <laughs> with, 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 with ethnicity. And I grew up going to the Greek Orthodox Church down in Denver. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen the big golden dome. Mm -hmm. So that's where I used to go. And I was baptized there when I was just an infant. And I was going there for, gosh, until I was maybe in first grade. And I remember um, the priest would speak constant Greek throughout the whole sermon or service. So unfortunately, my brother and I were really never taught how to speak Greek. So we had no idea what the priest was saying. So my when my parents saw this and... They thought like, oh, we want you know our children to grow up in a more faith-based home. We should look into a church that actually speaks English. <laughs> and because not you weren't learning that much. <laughs> yeah, because we weren't <laughs> learning anything. So that's why we switched, and uh, now we strictly go to like a non-dominational Christian church. Uh huh. Well, um, you have another language to work on now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How's that going? It's going okay. Um, so my husband is trying to teach me how to speak Czech, and it is very hard compared to different languages that I've, you know, heard walking around or even within my family. And so learning Czech, the whole alphabet is completely different than anything I've seen, or even the sounds mm. of each of the letters. And what is the root cause? The root of Czech. Um, I think it's a Slavic language. So it originated from Ukraine back in like on a long, long time ago. And then it just kind of developed in its own language. But it's very, um, very similar to Polish, I would say. Because a lot of Poland people can understand Czech and a lot of Czech people can understand like Poland people, which is interesting. It's like the Italians and the Spanish. Yes. The words are very similar. Yep. So, yeah, so with that, I've learned how to say, like, hello, uh, hello, goodbye, and that's about it. <laughs> so how, I'm, how I'm do you working, say hello? I'm still working how on it. How you say hello? Um, hello is dubidi den. Oh. And goodbye is kind of just... It's like very similar, but it's a doobie knock. Uh huh. And yeah, that's that's all I can get. Well, <laughs> so maybe if we get our timing right, maybe you could say goodbye for us <laughs> in a tell few us, minutes. Tell but us about the uh, Czech culture. 
what they're like? Uh, yeah. So when I was meeting Martin's family for the very first time, like his extended family, I felt like they were very formal compared to my culture because in the Greek family all we do is you know like yell at each other and scream when we try to talk and hug and kiss each other so when we danced yeah I love the Greek (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so when we went over to check and met his family I was you know like going in for a hug and then my husband had to explain like no no you're only supposed to give them handshakes and like no hugs Mm. So I quickly had to learn, like, oh, you know, that's very different than what I'm used to. And then when we all said our goodbyes to the family, then we were able to hug people. But, yeah, so they're, I would say they're very formal compared to, um, like, my culture. Well, say a little bit more about your trip. That was just in August, just two months ago or a month ago. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It probably one of the best international trips I've been on and like I want to go back like really bad again (laughs) but just like going through in me and Martin's family and just like how nice they were when like once you got to know them was really special um going to see like his hometown he grew up in and then just going to different areas of Czech and seen like all the cool like really old buildings we got to tour two castles which Mm. was really amazing now did they speak english um a couple of his cousins do but not any like his uncle his mom grandma they do not speak english at all um but it was nice because they were able to translate like him my husband, his brother, and his sister were able to translate for us. So you knew what was going on all the time. Basically, yeah. And they were very family-oriented. Yes. They, that culture is very yep. family-oriented. Yep. They, yeah, love to, you know, be together, hang out together, and just, I would say, celebrate a lot of holidays together That's in Czech. Nice. Um, and... We also got to go to Auschwitz in Poland and learn about, you know, the concentration camps. And that must have been very interesting. It, it was. Really sad. Yeah. It was definitely one of those tours that, like, really impacted me yeah. and, and my family, I would say. Yeah. But also learning the history that you weren't, like, taught in school was, was pretty um, incredible as well. And you went to Prague. Mm-hmm. And how did you find that? Uh, when we went to Prague, so I've been to New York many times in my life, and to me, especially in the nightlife in Prague, it reminded me of New York City, just like the busyness and the amount of people and like the nightlife, and it was, it was a lot of fun. We went to this really cool uh, Catholic chapel that was built in the 12th century, so it was like very old and a Gothic architect. Uh, architecture and then just walking around seeing like the very old buildings a famous bridge called Charles Bridge that was built in the 13th century I believe and the different statues uh, old buildings and what amazed me the most was just like the different doors on mm. the buildings and how like the cold designs they were they I meant the to cobblestone streets too. yep cobblestone streets um yeah and just yeah the different um like 
street vendors you would see like the art or the kind of food they would eat um, or like little toys they would sell. Speaking of food, their dining pattern is a little different from many of ours. <laughs> How is that? Um, so there are two main, like I guess like two famous foods over there are pork and potatoes. So a lot of the traditional Czech dishes have to do with either pork potatoes. And this one particular dish that is very famous, um, it's called goulash. Mm. I meant to mention this yesterday. Uh-huh. But it's kind of like a stew, and they make homemade uh, dumplings to dip it. Sounds and it's delicious. It's, it's pretty good. It's really good. What time of day do they have this meal? Uh Usually during, I would say lunches, because that's their biggest meal of the day. And then, like, for dinner, if they want to, like, snack on something, they just get, like, like very something small, like a sandwich, because they so, eat a lot during lunch. or something light. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very something light. Well, now, if you wanted to <coughs> impose your Holly Creek profession... <laughs> In that city, you'd have to take them to a, a restaurant or a bar. What time of day or night? <laughs> so the bars over there don't close until like three or four in the morning. So a lot they of open. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, they open at noon. So noon all the way until like three or, th- three or four in the morning. You'd have to have a different schedule. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So especially on like Fridays and Saturdays, all of uh, the people are at the bars drinking large glasses of beer. Is that every day and night? I mean, is it weekends also uh, every day? I think, yeah, I think the bars are packed every day, but mostly very crowded on the weekends, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. When you were there, were Americans outstanding in a crowd? or? Um, yes, yeah, so even when we were there, we could tell who was American and who was not because we are very loud compared to them, even just walking around and talking to people. And the Czech people, I kind of understood, was very, like, more reserved and quiet. Um, So I feel like they didn't really have an issue with Americans, but they could... We could see a couple, like, dirty looks here and there if we were getting too loud. Curiosity. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So... Um, I know there are so many well-traveled people here in Holly Creek, but if you were telling someone outside Holly Creek or younger, what would be the things that you would tell them to prepare for a trip abroad? Um, Definitely, like, do your research about the culture and the traditions of the country. And I would say try... They're most, uh, they're most like traditional foods because, you know, they've cooked that all their lives. And we have many ethnic restaurants. Yeah. You know, wherever you go. So, yep. Um, and yeah, just try to, you know, learn the history of the country that you travel to. Uh, like, I'm a huge history buff, so I think just me researching, you know, about like the kings and queens that lived in Czech at, you know, back in the mm-hmm. medieval times was really interesting. And then just even during like World War II and the com- uh, communism era and just kind of understanding like, oh, like this is like what everyone went through during those times and how it impacted their lives. Try to feel understanding and open to things that have happened. 
Yeah. That we don't, we have not experienced maybe in our lifetime. Yep. Yep. I would say that. Like his grandma, she is 92, I believe. And so she grew up in Ukraine before and during World War II. And so in the middle of World War II, her family fled to the Czech Republic. So she remembers growing up as a little girl, like Nazi soldiers walking through her village. And then when she got married to uh, Martin's husband, um, well, Martin's grandfather, (laughs) not (laughs) husband, his grandfather, uh, during that time, the communism era started. And so he is really sad. I learned that he, his farm got taken away from the political leaders um, and he was only able to keep a few of his animals that he was raising. And, yes, yeah, so I would say the Czech people are very proud of what they have because a lot of them, you know, had it, yeah, got stuff taken away from them. So they're very grateful mm-hmm. that they yep, have. I would say they're very grateful people as well. Oh, that's a lesson uh, learned the hard way. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so... Um, Tell us a little bit about how the houses that his family came from, and how did they take the news that he wanted to leave? Um, so the houses over there, which are kind of interesting, they're all made out of, um, oh my gosh, like brick or stone, and his house in particular is like part kind of like adobe style uh-huh. in part brick. So I thought that was really pretty. So the houses are very different, differently built compared to what we see like around okay. na- other neighborhoods over here. And when he, when Martin decided to come over to America, his mother and siblings were very supportive, but his other sides of the family didn't like the idea at all. So he... So when we finally went to check this summer, he hasn't been home in about five years mm-hmm. before we, we went to check. And when I met one of his cousins, he is kind of interesting. He made a comment under the lines like, oh, mine would still be here if he didn't meet you. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like taken aback at that. I'm like, oh, like I could, you know, could tell that mm-hmm. they were kind of still upset that he left and he's, you know you know, um, succeeding in his life and, I don't know, doing well and, face, you know, graduating and stuff and having fun. How much English did he know before he came here? Um, he was taught English in elementary school. Oh, really? So he had the option of either picking English, Russian, or German, I believe. So he, he uh, picked English. So... Yeah, so he's fluent in English and fluent in Czech. And he knows a little bit of Polish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say he knows yeah, three languages total. Well, I have to say that uh, countries often start teaching the children in school very early. Yeah, he was in, I think, third grade when he was learning. Mm-hmm. And his sister, who's only 17... Still in high school, he uh, she learned English in second grade, I believe. So they're even pushing it earlier. Very early. Than when he was in school. Yeah. I think it's wonderful when people know several languages. Mm-hmm. But I'm biased. <laughs> because I'm bilingual in Spanish. Oh, yeah. cool. That's very cool. And, uh, 
Well, what's on your calendar for today? Um, today, I have to order or finalize two payments for ticket uh, for some tickets we have for October excursions, and do a few stuff on the computer for touch uh, for channel 1981 and I have to s probably start a show at 1 or 11 o'clock I believe um, it's the the birds show I don't remember what oh. the full title mm -hmm. is <laughs> yeah yep so that's what I'll be doing at 11 and the rest I think just updating a few stuff here and there well, you know your updating skill is amazing Probably. because one time sandy do you remember what happened when we wanted to have a picture oh yes it was for fred <laughs> tell her tell her really quick well the time that we had fred and giorgio here we wanted to have his model a car Mm -hmm. And Syl <laughs> and I ran down the hall, and you were wonderful, and were able to get it up on the computer. And I think we had about ten minutes to go. Before oh my gosh! <laughs> <it appeared. laughs> well, now tell yeah. us the word for goodbye. And uh, so the word goodbye in Czech is dubity knock. Dubity knock. Uh, thank you. How do you say thank you? Oh. Um, I remember learning it when I was there, and sadly it slipped my mind. <laughs> so okay, I gotta gotta refresh. We'll say memory. thank you from all of us here in the radio room and and the listeners. Thank you so much, Miranda. It's been a joy.